welcome to our podcast, Healing the Broken Marriage. I'm your host, Alicia. And today I am so excited because I have Krista Smith on the podcast. So for those of you who don't know, Krista is an author who released a new book in 2021 called Singled Out in a Couple's World. She travels all over ministering alongside her husband, Sean Smith. Krista's passion for the Lord pours out of her as she delivers what she hears from the Holy Spirit with power, accuracy, and humor. Krista and her husband, Sean, also have a podcast out called Keep It 100 that will help equip you to deepen your connection with God. So please go check out their podcast. And I just want to say, I know, Krista, we just met, (laughs) but... I have heard you speak many, many times, and you are such a phenomenal speaker. And I'm just so excited to have you on the podcast today. So welcome, Krista. Thank you. Thanks so much. I'm really honored to be here. And just thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited about this conversation because it's one that we have not had yet. And I think it is so needed right now. So Uh, definitely. So our podcast is aimed towards couples primarily, but I really wanted to bring you on to speak to those who are maybe desiring to be in a relationship or marriage, or maybe, you know, they are divorced and they're looking to move forward. And I know a lot of times the waiting period can be so hard because we live in this culture of fast, quick, you know, next day you get everything immediate. And I, yeah, I mean, waiting is so hard and for a lot of us, but in relationships or seeking out a relationship, the word wait can feel like a cuss word. (laughs) (laughs) And I know from, I mean, like I have kids. And so when you tell a toddler to wait, it's like a tantrum occurs at that point. So, um, so I know from hearing your story, you went through nearly a 20 year waiting period before you got married. And I know that is, you know, by no way what God will have everyone do, but your journey was deliberate and intentional. And I was just wondering if you could talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. You know, I think for me, the power of waiting has not been something that I've wanted to be an expert at, but it's just been something that the Lord has invited me into. And I think that it's a really important part of everyone's process of allowing the Lord to write your story. And I think for me, it's really become fundamental and even built the foundation for my walk with Jesus. So I'm going to give people a little bit of my backstory for those that don't know, because there's probably a lot of listeners that maybe haven't read my book or don't know anything about me. And I just kind of want to share my story and my journey. And like Alicia said, it's in no way a reflection of like what God's going to do with everyone, but it's simply my story. And it's kind of like, you know, just my picture of what God's done in my life. And so when I was 19 years old, I said a prayer and I was praying this prayer at college. Cause I was super disappointed if I'm honest, because I liked this guy and he ended up pursuing my French lived across the hall for me. And I was just super disappointed because I thought we were going to come back and date our sophomore year of college. And in fact, that wasn't going to happen. And so in disappointment, but yet wanting God, cause I loved God. I was 19 years old. I loved God. I was serving God, but I was just, you know, I was a bit heartbroken and I went on a walk with the Lord. And I said this simple prayer and I said, Jesus, I give you my heart, guard it, shield it 
it, give it back to me when I have permission to give it away. Cause I, I really believe in walking in a surrendered place with the Lord. And so I don't want to move ahead of him. I want him to write my story. And that was my desire at 19 years old. What I didn't know, Alicia, uh, was it would be 20 years before I got married. And so I didn't know 19 years old, right? Do you pray prayers and God's like, all right. You know, and I had a choice though, to stay in that process. And I think that's, what's really important for people to understand is we pray prayers. We pray them with sincerity, but the Lord is, is saying, okay, like I'm going to, I'm going to allow you to walk that out. And although my story is probably a bit different than what other people will have to walk through. I saw such purpose in it because what it created in me, Alicia, was a dependence on the Lord that I would have never tapped into had I not waited on God. And so for the next 19 years, um, whenever there was someone that would pursue me or, and, and let me just set an accurate picture. There were like years that no one would pursue me. And then there would be all of a sudden two or three guys at one time, you know, that type of thing. So it was like wilderness and then opportunity and then wilderness. So I want to paint an accurate picture. It was very, it was very much just a trusting process. And the trust happens in layers with the Lord. I don't feel like it's just one moment that we trust God. I think it's layers of trusting, mm. layers of surrender. Yes. I think it's it's very much a process. And that was very much my story. And so in 19 years, I would have guys pursue me, Alicia, and then I would go to the Lord and he would be like, uh, no, uh, you know, I would get an absolute no. And I knew it was a no. And so I would be like, okay, if, it, if God's not on it, I don't want it. Right. You know, I had the, I had the privilege. And I think this is one, one of the gifts the Lord gave me in order to sustain me yeah. for the waiting. And I think the Lord gives gifts and grace in order to sustain people for what he's asking of them. For me, uh, my parents were actually happily married and I was blessed. Oh my gosh, what a gift to be raised in a home where I saw marriage and I saw the joy of marriage and I saw the friendship of marriage. And so I wanted that. I knew what was possible, but I also had friends that married that were miserable. I had friends, parents and families that I would stay the night at their house and they just weren't happy. So I saw super unhappy marriages and families. Mm -hmm. And I saw really happy marriages and family. And so I just made this resolve within me of like, I'm not settling for anything that isn't going to be like happy and joy. And although even with the best of marriages, you're going to have, you know, life happens and circumstances happen, but I knew God wanted to give me an awesome marriage, but I knew it was going to be a God story. So it wasn't until Sean that when he asked me out, for our first date, I went to the Lord and I said, Jesus, you know, cause remember 19 years, I've heard no, 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 no. Right. right. And I go to the Lord after Sean's asked me out and I'm, and I hear yes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> am I hearing this? Because I want to go out with him so bad, you know, like right. I just thought he was amazing. And I was like, oh, I would love to go on a date with him. So I took it to my parents because I knew they were for me and trust me or, you know, they yeah. believe in me and they have their, my best interest in mind. And they were like, Hey, if you feel a yes, cause we've never heard you say that. Uh, if you feel like you heard a yes, go for it, you know, see what Jesus does wow. with it. So it was this really beautiful story of waiting on God. And then the Lord brought me truly the greatest, greatest gift of my life. And to date, 
um, it's just, it's the gift that keeps on giving. I have the marriage I've always wanted and I feel yeah. so grateful, so mm. grateful. I married the most phenomenal man. I mean, he is, he's the kindest soul. I know he is right. so gracious and so kind. And I, and I genuinely believe <clears throat> I wouldn't be able to steward the marriage that I've been given, the gift I've been given. Right. And this is my story. You know, had I not gone through the refining process with the Lord, he did such a work in me. Mm -hmm. uh, there was such a depth in my relationship with the Lord that was created in those 20, 19 years. Cause we dated for a year and a half and then got married. So I got married 20 years after that prayer, but I started dating 19 years after that prayer. Yeah. And I wouldn't be the woman that I am. I wouldn't be the wife that I am. I wouldn't know how to steward it to the, to the degree I've known how to steward it had that work and relationship with the Lord not been established within me. So right. I simply say that to, for listeners, you know, that are listening to the podcast today to embrace the gift of singleness, which mm -hmm. I know those words are not used simultaneously typically, but my, my singleness actually has been one of my greatest gifts yeah. because of what it gave me with the Lord. But I had to choose to receive that gift and view my singleness as a gift right. that my singleness was not a curse, mm -hmm. but in fact, it was a blessing but it didn't always feel like that. Right. It, right. you know, there was the, there's the layers to it and yet God used it as such a gift of gratitude in my life, you know, right. so something uh, to think differently about singleness, which is one yeah. thing I'm passionate about is helping reframe how people view their singleness, because I really believe it can be some of the most incredible years of your life yeah. and whether or not you get married I don't think marriage is the goal. Yeah. I think, I think Jesus is the goal. Oh, yes, absolutely. I love what you're talking about because so many times, like when you're in that process and you're on that journey, it can be so tempting to look at it. And of course you, you may not understand it and then, you know, become angry at the journey. And I love how in your instance, in your situation that you're able to look back and be like, you know, all everything that you learned, um, walking through that, you wouldn't have learned any other way. Right. You know, absolutely. absolutely. And I feel like, you know, even in my own marriage, you know, like we've gone through, you know, um, many, many years of infidelity. So I can relate to women that have walked through that. Of course, I wouldn't have been able to beforehand. Right. Right. Totally. <laughs> So, you know, I think so many times, um, being single in a couple's world, you know, as the title of your book suggests, it can make you feel just that, you know, singled out or give you FOMO. Mm -hmm. And what would you say to someone who might be feeling that pressure right now? You know, I, I think a lot of people feel that pressure because we live in a relationally obsessed culture, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. We, it is so obsessed with if you're single, who you're interested in, if you're mm -hmm. dating, who are you going to get engaged soon? If you're engaged, when are you going to get married? When you get married, when you're having kids, it's always the next, the next, the next it's, it's not often. Are we just like, actually, I'm really happy with my present place and I really address this in my book. It really becomes the crux of the book because for me, I'm going to answer that question by just kind of sharing a little bit of my story. Yeah. And that was at 35 years old. I was blown out the candles for my birthday cake 
And as I blew up the candles, it was like that grace that I'd been walking in really, which was supernatural. I had a grace. It doesn't mean I didn't have hard days or hard times or hard moments in my singleness, but from 19 to 35, I really did have an overall grace, but at 35, that grace gone, lifted, nowhere to be found. And I felt the depth of my longing. And for the first time, I felt super desperate about my singleness. I felt desperate to get married. I felt desperate that it was not going to happen. All those feelings that I think a lot of people feel, and they might feel a lot earlier than 35, but regardless of when you feel that, I want to just simply say, it's not bad. You feel that. I don't think that that's a negative. I think it's what you do with that desperation. I think it's about how you handle and where you take your desperation and where you let your desperation lead you. And I had to allow the desperation to lead me again to the feet of Jesus, mm-hmm. lead me into his arms, lead me into his lap where he could minister to me, where he could really become that source in my life where he became enough. And when I blew up my candles, that was the question, Alicia, that he asked me, he asked asked me this question, am I enough? And I knew what the Lord was asking, you know, how the Lord asks you a question, you know, the fullness of that question. And I understood he was saying, if you never get married, if you never get married, Krista, am I still good? If you never get married, am I still enough? Will I still satisfy you? Will you still live fully for me? And I wrestled with that question for a couple of days. I know that most people would think, oh, she probably answered right away. Of course the Lord, of course, Lord. Yeah, no, I didn't. And I didn't because remember the grace had been lifted. So I felt the depth of my longing, which was so wise of the Lord, because he wasn't asking me from a place of grace and ease. He was asking me from the pain and the desperation, Mm, which is a very different place to ask someone a question. He asked me the question and I felt the complexities of it. I felt the, the pain of my season that I was in the pain of my reality. And so in my pain, I had to wrestle, you know, when, when you, when something's difficult, you have to like wrestle with God, at least Mm -hmm. I do. And so in the wrestle after two days, I came back to the Lord to answer the question. And I answered it incredibly honest. And I said, you're not enough, Jesus, but I know you need to become enough because if you're not enough, even if you give me marriage, that won't satisfy because nothing satisfies with Jesus. Honestly, if it's not based in Jesus, if Jesus isn't my number one, nothing's going to satisfy. And here's what might surprise some people that have created this rose colored picture of marriage. Right. I love my marriage. I'm so happy with it. Honestly, I can say that with complete honesty and and vulnerability and transparency. And it's authentic. Like I love my marriage. I love my husband. But even with as incredible as I believe my marriage is and as satisfied as I am in my marriage, my marriage doesn't doesn't meet every need within me. And my husband and I don't meet each other's needs fully and completely. It's because that is literally impossible. No person, no human can meet every need. The only person is the person of the whole, you know, person of the Holy spirit. The Lord himself is the only one that can meet every need. So if you aren't satisfied being single, and I really believe this, and I address this in my book, if you're not satisfied being single, why would you think that you're going to be a satisfied married person? Because Mm. that honeymoon phase, that first love, butterflies, not that they go away completely. They don't, I still get butterflies with my husband, but it does change, but that's not a negative. 
actually think the butterflies become a much deeper, deeper place in your marriage. There's an intimacy that you cultivate in your marriage that is beautiful that you don't even tap into. You haven't even tapped into it when you're saying I do at the altar, the place that you go in your marriage, when you go through the storms together, when you go through, it is beautiful. And I love it. And it's deep and it's rewarding, but it's still doesn't compare to the depth and the satisfaction I have in the Lord as great as a gift it is. And people have to understand that marriage is not the end all of end all as great as it is. It has to be the Lord. And when the Lord said, Krista, am I enough? You know, I really had to allow the Lord to do that work in me. And he truly became enough, which to answer your question about FOMO and kind of wanting to pull the plug on the waiting process, which I think so many people battle with. And I am empathetic and I fully get it because I've walked it. Oh my gosh, I've lived it. There is this place that the Lord led me to, which was when I surrendered and I said, Jesus, you're not enough, but you need to become enough. He then took me on a year and a half journey of him becoming enough. But that year and a half was me grieving. I had to go through the grieving process. Mm -hmm. I had to go through a deeper surrender process of allowing the Lord to become enough. And when the Lord became enough, there was a contentment, Alicia, that I tapped into. And it's not that the longing for marriage went away. And I think that's important for people to understand just because you lay something down, doesn't mean you give up on something laying down is different than giving up. I never gave up on my desire for marriage, but I laid it down and I trusted the Lord with it. There's a huge difference. So you can have dreams and desires in your heart that you never give up on, but you do trust the Lord with them. And that's what the Lord was asking of me. And when I did that, I hit such a place of contentment that broke the FOMO. Now there, mm-hmm. that took me a long time to get to that answer for you. But I think that that was an important process for people to understand that are listening today on the podcast Yeah, that I hit this place of contentment in the Lord where he truly became enough that it broke that desire within me to make it happen myself. That doesn't mean I don't have to have, you know, the Lord did ask me to reach out to Sean and, you know, there was, there was a partnership in my, even my own story with Sean. And I think that's awesome. But I think there's also a surrender that says, Jesus, I just trust you with, and I'm going to wait on you to write my story. doesn't mean you're not going to participate in your story, but it does mean you have an invitation to trust God at a deeper place with your story that breaks the FOMO. When you know God is writing your story, when you can trust the author of time to write your timeline, that breaks FOMO because you know you are on your unique story and journey with the Lord. So you want to break FOMO. You want to break fear of missing out. You want to break comparison. Yeah. Allow the Lord for him to become enough. And that's what breaks that. Oh, I love that so much. And I love, I've actually heard you tell that story again. And the first time I heard it, I was like, I love her. Oh my gosh. You're just so honest. I mean, you know, of course, I think we're tempted to say if Jesus were to ask us this question, are you enough? Or like, we would want to say, sure. I said, yes, I'm enough. But I love how you were like, no, I don't think that you would be. And that is just so honest. And I think that can relate to so many people that are, you know, going through this right now. And I know, um, for those listening, you may not be single. And I think that we can all relate 
to the seasons of waiting, no matter what the waiting period is or what we're waiting for. And so, like you said, you are now married and on the other side of this waiting period, right? Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) But you've learned so much that is so invaluable. Can you talk about how worth the wait was and kind of like what you've learned along the way about waiting? Absolutely. You know, I think we can all agree, you know, I didn't realize this when I started this journey at 19, you know, and you learn in life, you're actually waiting a lot of your life. Yeah. And we're all waiting for different things. Uh, when you get, you might be single listening to this today and you're like, I'm waiting for my husband. Mm -hmm. Uh, when you get married, you're like, I'm waiting for kids or I'm waiting for that breakthrough in the marriage, or I'm waiting for my spouse to change my, my marriage to heal for us to be more unified, or I'm waiting for that ministry that God you've put within us to come to pass, or I'm waiting for financial breakthrough. I'm waiting for that prodigal son and daughter to come back home. I'm waiting for prayers to get answered. I'm waiting for unity and healing in my family, whatever it may be, or healing in my body, right? A lot of people are dealing with physical things in their body. They're waiting for that breakthrough. What do you do in the waiting seasons of life that are contradicting to God's word and promises and the process and even the posture, Alicia, of waiting well is really, I feel like this beautiful tension. And it really comes back to this, this place of, I am standing on who God is, what his word says. And I personally am refusing to allow my circumstances to lower my expectation of God mm-hmm. and his yeah. word. That's good. That I'm going to stand in, in, in the gap of that chasm between my reality and what I believe God is declaring, what his promises are over my life. And I'm going to stay in a posture of hope, number one of faith number two, and those aren't necessarily in chronological order. It's just kind of how I break it down in my life. Yeah. So, Cause for me, I can't have faith without hope. Hope right. is my starting point. I have to have hope. And if I don't have hope, I have to get to the Lord to get hope from him. Yes. Um, Cause it's my hope that fuels my faith. When I have hope, then I have faith. And then I'm like, God, give me scripture. What's your word say? Give me a word, speak to mm-hmm. my spirit. Yeah. Then I get that word, right. That I stand on and that's what I'm, I'm standing on. And sometimes that looks like prayer fasting. Sometimes that looks like me declaring. And sometimes that looks like just me worshiping. And sometimes that looks like me just having joy in the midst of hard circumstances. Sometimes our joy is our warfare. Mm -hmm. Sometimes our peace is warfare, Right. right? that I refuse to be unsettled. I refuse to worry. So waiting for me, I've learned how to tap into joy in the waiting. I've learned how to, and this is not easy. I, I say this for things I'm even currently waiting for in my own life, right? Breakthroughs I'm still believing for promises of God or prophetic words that I'm waiting to still come to pass. And so even though I'm married and fulfilled and love it, there's still dreams in my heart, desires in my heart and things that I want to see come to pass in my life. And for Sean and I together as husband and wife dreams that we have, you know, that we're like, God, it's a miracle. It would be a miracle, but we believe God's put that promise on us and we're standing in faith, believing for it. And yet it's not our current reality. That place of staying sweet in our spirit, 
and staying connected to God's word, not the report of man, Mm -hmm. not even allowing the reality and not that we're living in delusion. I can see things for what they are, but faith supersedes the natural and it's fueled by God's promises and God's word. And so I stand in a place of hope and my hope is what fuels my waiting. Right. Yeah. You know, so I think for me, I've just learned the power of hope. I did not understand how key hope is in being able to wait. Well, it really is the foundation and my hope comes from who God is. And if I don't have a revelation of God's goodness, Mm -hmm. that he's actually a kind father and he loves me and you tremendously. Yeah. And he wants his plans and purposes to come and to come to pass life more than we do. Right. I love that so much. Yes. Oh my gosh. This, this conversation I think is just so amazing. And, and I really hope that people are just everything that you're saying, they're just really taking this to heart and applying it because this conversation really applies to so many areas of your life. It's literally not just, you know, single or desiring to be married or after marriage, just like you're saying, so many different facets of life that this can apply to. And so I just wanted to ask you one more question. Um, What advice would you give to someone right now? If they have been in an extended period of waiting, like you were talking about, how can they hold on to hope? and not try to rush into the promise. Totally. You know, when I have lost hope or I'm battling hopelessness and hope deferred makes the heart sick, right? So when you have had hope for something and you've had a season of extended waiting, and I've gone through this, I've lived this, I've gone through the ebbs and flows of hope of having massive hope and then going, I have no hope, you know, and it just feels like it's not happening. It's not going to happen. Yeah. There's a few things I do that really help set my heart right again. And I say that verbiage because I feel like it's a posture internally of setting my heart that is connected to a mindset as well. My heart and my mind are two of the most important things that I steward in the area of hope. What am I setting my heart on? What am I meditating on? What's taking up my thoughts? This little six inch, you know, and I'm pointing to those that can't see this. I'm pointing to my, my head right now and I'm pointing to my forehead and I'm <laughs> my brain, right? That my brain, my mind, my thoughts are such an integral part of my victory. And I believe in the renewing of our mind, meaning if I have my mind that is set on a negative loop mm-hmm. of hopelessness of what the doctors have said of what my child yelled at me when they slammed the door, hypothetically, right? Right. When uh, the last fight I had with my spouse, hypothetically, just throwing out some things that listeners might be relating to, um, of maybe what your parents told you, word curses that were spoken over you. And you have these lies that are looping in your brain. And that's all you think about. There has to be a time where those loops are broken. And that comes in a variety of ways that can come through renouncing agreement with every lie. Cause I believe in the power of us confessing with our mouths. We break agreement with the lies of the enemy and we replace them with the truth of the Lord, what God's word says over us, what God's promises are over us. So you got to break agreement with lies, number one. And if you don't know how to do that, you can find someone that can walk you through Mm -hmm. that inner healing process, which is 
key um, for hope. Because if you're believing lies, it's really hard to hope. Yeah. Um, that can also happen um, with the prayer ministry, your team, with a pastoral person in your team or a spiritual mom or dad in your life that can help you walk that journey. If you don't know how to facilitate that for yourself, um, that is huge. Um, and then I think also for me, what's God saying over that situation, because people can encourage me, but my heart's not encouraged unless I am allowing it to be encouraged and I'm choosing to partner with truth and truth is what God is ministering over me, whether that's through people releasing it, speaking it, prophesying it over me or the Lord himself speaking that over my situation or I promise. So there's times I just wait on God. And I am worshiping because that's how I connect with the Lord. I probably connect the best with the Lord through worship. Right. So you got to figure out what's your way to connect. And that's going to be different for everyone. For me, it's worship. So I'll put on worship music and I'll just worship and then I'll shut my mouth and I'll just listen. I mm -hmm. listen in the, in the midst of a worship atmosphere. I'm just, I'm just in the presence of the Lord. Cause that's how I connect with God by worshiping him, by exalting him. And then in his presence, when I'm in his presence, I just, I, I listen, God, what are you saying over this? What's your heart for me? I know this person saying this, I just break off every word curse, mm -hmm. Lord, Lord, cleanse my mind and my heart from anything that would limit me from the full hope, from the full measure of what you have for me in this situation. Jesus, what are you saying? And I wait on the Lord. And then I write it down, Alicia, this is important. I yeah. write it down because we can forget what God mm -hmm. says. I put it in my phone. I have a little phone. Cause there's something I'm, there's things I'm really believing for. Right. I put the date and I put either the person's name who gave me the prophetic word, you know, yeah. or I, well, what God has spoken. And I create what I call a note of hope, <laughs> I have I a that. note of hope in my phone where yeah. all it does is just speak life over the promises that have yet to be fulfilled over my life. And I'll read it in moments of hopelessness. And I get recharged with God's promise, with God's faithfulness, with God's hope over my life. And then I also, at times I'll reach out for prayer for people that I know will really pray, not just, mm -hmm. you know, give me human advice, although right. that's not bad, but I don't need any more human advice. I need God's word. I need God's promise. I need faith filled prayers to surround me, to cradle me in the, in the hard times, to hold me in the hard times. And so for me, uh, how, how I, how I activate that hope is I'm, yeah. I, I go after it. I mean, yeah. I really do. And then I recognize triggers in my life. If there is times where if I'm on social media and I'm getting triggered, I turn mm -hmm. off social media, you know, or mm -hmm. there's conversations I can't participate in. Cause I got to guard my peace. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think there is just that really activating the hope and the faith within you to believe for the promises of God and then guard that peace and guard that hope. That doesn't mean living out of accountability. It doesn't mean living in delusion, but it does mean living in a place of what God says supersedes everything else because it's God's word that has a supreme authority. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. I mean, breaking those negative loops in yes. our mind and then setting our hearts right again. Oh, so good. Krista, I have just, oh my gosh, like I could talk to you. I just met you and I could keep talking to you, but I, <laughs> oh, I feel the same. You're amazing. I just, I've loved this conversation so much. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Absolutely. Would you just, um, would you let the listener know, you know, what you're working on right now and how they can connect with you? 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that opportunity. You know, Sean and I, my husband and I, this is really fun. If you want to hear God's voice for your life and yeah. you hear the word prophetic and you want to be activating that in your life, my husband and I are actually hosting an in-person training called a prophetic masterclass. It's here. We live in the California Bay area and we're hosting September 16th and 17th, a prophetic masterclass. And we're calling it a two day intensive. It's not a conference. It's a training. It's equipping, it's activation, it's getting the you hearing the voice of God for your life. And so if you need some clarity, you need some breakthrough in the prophetic gift in your life, that ability to hear God's voice for you and for others around you, right? Because mm-hmm. when our lives get changed, we're going to change people's lives around us. Uh, if that would minister to you, check out SeanAndChrisaSmith.com and you can get more information about that. I am on social media. Um, I'd love to connect with you. I'm Mrs. Krista Smith on, on Instagram and on Facebook. I'm just Krista Smith and we're Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. Uh, we're husband and wife uh, preaching team. And we love to move in signs, wonders, and miracles. We're passionate about Holy Spirit. We live for revival. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really our passion. We're going to be in 2023 creating an online school uh, where we're really going after a discipleship um, because we just believe we got to get people in the word, live in the word, and activate in their authority. And we're passionate about that. So Alicia, honored to be here. And I hope that's some ways people can connect with me more. Yes. I mean, you guys are definitely a powerhouse couple. So I'm so thankful for you guys. Thank you <laughs> so, so much. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, thank you, Krista, so much for your time. And as always, guys, until next time, we bless you. Bye.